Raise your hand if finances stress you out. I know so many of us feel this way, and understanding our finances was probably one of the scariest things that we faced when we first started our businesses. As scary as it may be, the truth is that understanding your finances is so important because it tells you where your money is coming from, whether or not you're profitable, and what kinds of decisions to make in the future. When we can learn to understand where our money is coming from, where it's going, and how to manage it, everything becomes easier, and your business will probably become more profitable too. Our guest today, Crystalyn Shelton, is a licensed CPA and QuickBooks Top 100 Pro Advisor, helping startups, small businesses, and million-dollar companies take control of their finances through accounting software training and consulting. We're talking about this idea of becoming financially literate and why it matters so much long-term. Krista Lynn breaks down why entrepreneurs often become so stressed about finances and how it can really take a toll on your well-being and how to really turn things around and become financially literate so that you can really understand what's happening in your business when it comes to finances. If you are somebody who has kind of put the understanding of your finances on the back burner, I think that you're going to feel super empowered after listening to this episode and understand the first steps that you need to take to finally take control of your finances. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business, but how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. Hi, Crystalyn. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. Thanks so much for being here today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here today. Awesome. I was telling you that we've never really covered this topic of finances and financial literacy on the podcast before. And I know that this is something that a lot of people struggle with. A lot of people in this community call themselves accidental entrepreneurs. They kind of find themselves starting a TPT store or starting an online course or however they're making their money in their business. And things escalate quickly. And all of a sudden, you've got all of these details to think about when it comes to running a business. And one of those things is finances, and it can cause a lot of stress for people if they don't have much background in knowing how to deal with it all. So I'd love to kind of start by getting your perspective on what you usually see is the reason why a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners stress about finances in the first place. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. A lot of clients that come to me really have this fear of numbers, right? They don't believe they can do the bookkeeping. They don't think that they have enough education or they feel like they need an accounting degree, you know, to do their own books. And and that's just not true at all. I would say that this, it's what I call a limiting belief, actually goes back to grade school. And I must admit, back in grade school, I hated math. <laughs> okay. Same, same. And I am a certified CPA telling you <laughs> I could not stand math. Okay. You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> but 
what I realized, or basically what I realized with bookkeeping, I ended up taking this bookkeeping class as a junior in high school. What I realized is bookkeeping is not, you know, the algebra and the calculus that we had to do in school. It's literally simple addition and subtraction. And nowadays we've got accounting software like QuickBooks that does all the heavy lifting for you. And so that's one of the first hurdles that I have to sort of get over with my new clients is to help them understand that you can do this. I promise you (laughs) with my help and my guidance, trust me, you've got this. And so basically it's just kind of getting over, helping them to open up to the possibility that they can do it. But I would just say that that's it. It it literally usually goes back to when we were coming up in school, the fear of numbers. Yes, I definitely have a personal connection to that. I feel the same. (laughs) I mean, it totally makes sense. I was also, I still don't consider myself a math person. Numbers still intimidate me. Finances still intimidate me. Tax season stresses me out. But I love this idea of kind of simplifying things and looking at it as that like, okay, this really is basic addition and subtraction. So you talk a lot about reducing stress levels when it comes to finances by familiarizing yourself with becoming financially literate. So how do you define what financial literacy is? Financial literacy is really just arming yourself with the knowledge and the skills to help you make informed decisions regarding money, basically, right? Whether that's your personal finances or whether that's your business finances. That's really all it is, is educating yourself on the basics of creating a budget and or getting in the habit of having documentation like your receipts and those sorts of things so you can manage your business books and that sort of thing. And this, like I said, applies to both personal and business. And sometimes it's easier if people start with their personal finances. And then a lot of times once people start with their personal finances, that knowledge and skill carries over to understanding and applying it to the business finances. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too, because if you're really tracking your personal finances and you're able to determine what your budget is and how much money yeah. how much money you're working with, then you can also set goals for your business finances and see like, okay, I need to make this much money or this is my kind of goal amount of yeah. what I want to make. And really it starts with, you don't have to have a fancy program for your personal finances. Even for some businesses, a lot of people start out with a simple Excel spreadsheet. And you're going to get to a point where you outgrow that, obviously, but that's a great starting point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Create I've your budget in Excel, yeah. put in your, your money going out, what's left, and then how do you plan for that money that you have left over, whether you invest it, you save it, you know, or plan for future expenditures like, you know, purchasing a house or a car, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is I know you use QuickBooks. Is there anything that like sets QuickBooks apart from other softwares that people might use for their bookkeeping? Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. You know, as an accountant and a CPA, I have tried numerous products out there. Yeah. Just for fun. I know. 
<laughs> Nerd. <laughs> yes, That's I am. That's good. It's good that you like trying those out. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I really like about the QuickBooks products is I feel like it's made for someone who doesn't have an accounting or bookkeeping background. I think that's my favorite thing about the product is even if you don't know what debits and credits are, you can actually figure out how to use QuickBooks. Is Would it be beneficial for you to understand it? Yes. But do you have to have that knowledge? No. And a lot of software that's out there, even me as a CPA, I wouldn't have been able to figure out had I not had the knowledge that I have from having an accounting degree, right? And that's just not most small business owners. Most small business owners, they have a great idea. They're passionate about something. They go into business. They're not going into business to do bookkeeping. So they don't have that knowledge, right? And so I would say, I always call QuickBooks the non-accountant software because it's ideal for someone who's not an accountant. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. And when would you, and this might be, completely situational and kind of different for every business. But is there a point in your business that you recommend like, okay, it's time to hire somebody to help you with your bookkeeping? Right. So the way I look at it is if you can afford to hire someone in the beginning before you ever make any money, that's what I recommend. The reason why is a lot of people think in the beginning, oh, I'm not making that much money, so I don't need it. And then when things start to take off, I won't say it's too late, but (laughs) what I will say- Makes things more complicated. It makes things more complicated and it ends up costing you a lot more because you're more than likely in a situation where I've got to catch up or I need you to clean up this up because it's a mess (laughs) either way. And if you take the time to hire someone to set the books up for you and explain how to manage those books properly, then you're just going to be set up from success from the beginning. Now, everyone doesn't have the budget to do that right away, but that would be my recommendation. Otherwise, I would just say, I mean, it's really hard to say from one business to another when you can start hiring someone, but I would say as soon as you can afford to (laughs) would be my recommendation. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. So, other than I know we've kind of, you've kind of mentioned some reasons already, but why is it so important long term that you are becoming financially literate, that you are tracking your finances? Why does that matter in the long run? So I would say, you know, from a wellness standpoint, a lot of people that come to me are extremely stressed out. And it has to do with the fact that they've either buried their head in the sand when it comes to the books, or they're looking this way and pretending like it doesn't exist. They come to a point where either they need financing, which usually requires a set of financial statements. They need to apply for insurance and the insurance company asks for financial statements so they can provide rates or they're just in this mad dash every year during tax season, right? To gather everything together. And, you know, it's just, it's very stressful. A lot of people lose sleep. And so for me, just for your health and well-being, it's important to get the finances under control and to have a system set up, number one. Number two, I would say 
having access to detailed reports because they help you with making really good decisions about your business, right? And the path that it's going to take. So for example, you know, many small businesses uh, struggle with a lack of cash flow, right? QuickBooks has a tool called Cashflow Planner. And so what's cool about that tool is it will pull in all of your customer payments that you're expecting and you can do, you can pick the time frame for the next week, two weeks, or maybe the next month. And then you can also have it total up all of your expected expenses for that same time period. Now, the difference between those is going to either be you're going to have a cash shortage, meaning you don't have enough income coming in to cover your expenses, or you could have a surplus, right? But either way, if you have the information in QuickBooks, you can actually plan for either one of those situations. If you have a shortfall, you you can actually decide, okay, which customers can I reach out to? And maybe I have to give them a discount so they can pay early. And that way I get this money before the due date. Or, hey, I'm going to have this surplus that I wasn't expecting. Should we invest this in something? Maybe I should put this excess in a 401k or maybe we need to invest in purchasing this piece of equipment. We're going to have the money now. You know, so those types of decisions are empowering for business owners because they are able to plan right? allows them to plan ahead versus, you know, the running around, you're finding out two days before payroll that you're short, right? That is stressful. So stressful. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about empowerment. I love, I yeah, love how you definitely. worded that. I'm interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that podcasters have. How do I continue to bring in and retain new listeners? Here's my favorite answer, podcast guesting. When you guest on the right podcasts, you're positioning yourself in front of ideal listeners and customers. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally, and I can show you how in my mini course, Guesting for Educators. In this course, I'll teach you my three-step approach to landing and leveraging podcast guest interviews. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, templates, swipe copy, and even a list of shows who are currently accepting guests. The best part, you can work your way through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to www.podcastingforeducators.com slash guesting to learn more. Back to the episode. Do you recommend updating your books monthly? Great question. So one of the processes that I have all my clients put in place, and it's something that I do as well is if possible, I recommend you review your books weekly. And when I say review your books, so one of the things that we do is we connect your bank accounts and your credit card accounts to the accounting software, QuickBooks or whatever you're using. And so there's a banking center that you would go into and review those transactions at least weekly, right? Categorize them, you know, hey, this was office supplies, this was meals, etc. So if you're doing that on a weekly basis, that typically is going to be enough. And then once a month, I actually have the first Saturday on my calendar. Um, I have an hour and a half to two hours slotted out. I get up, I have 
my brew my coffee and I sit down, I might have to review the last week's transactions, maybe two weeks. And then after I do that, I pull up my bank statements, I reconcile my accounts, and then I run my profit and loss report for that previous month to see how I did. Then I run it for the year and say, okay, how am I tracking for the year? I sit down and do that once a month. And I recommend all my clients to implement that process because that helps you to determine how you go into the next month. You know, what are we doing well in? What do we need maybe to cut back on for expenses? What are those subscriptions that I'm paying for that I no longer use or need? Yeah. Just an example that happened to me or an example I'll give you of something that I just discovered by doing that a couple of weeks ago, I saw a charge on my credit card for, it was a hosting charge for my website. Mm. Well, mind you, I converted over to Kajabi last year. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kajabi, but most of your audience, yeah. you probably are. Yep. You know, so my website's on there. It's been hosted on Kajabi for a year, but I had this annual subscription with the old company that I had not canceled. And guess what? Of course, they bill my card. It was 270 something bucks. Yeah. You know? And so right away, I mean, I saw the charge. I called and I was able to have them refunded because I no longer need the service. I've got someone hosting my website. But those are the kind of things that people continue to pay. Like you're literally throwing money away when you're not looking at your numbers. And they just get us with these automatic billing. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so true. <laughs> I think about things all the time. And especially because if you like, if you want to try out a new program or something and mm-hmm. they'll get you by doing the like seven day trial, but you have to put your credit card in and then seven days passes and you forget that you signed up for it. And now you're six months down the road and you're paying for something exactly. that you're not even using. <laughs> I have been there. <laughs> yeah. And that adds up. Like People oh, might sure. think it doesn't add up, but oh my goodness, it does. And so that's just one example of the types of things that, that you can find. So I definitely, to answer your question, weekly if possible, Yeah, if not as often as you can, but then definitely put on the calendar to do that, that review once a month is what I recommend because what you're going to find is when January gets here, you're not going to be doing the mad dash for taxes because you've been looking at your numbers. You're, and so you're probably maybe updating, let's just say one month, December. And I mean, can you imagine being able to hand over your, your books or your reports to your tax person in January? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, I know. I know. Life-changing. <laughs> exactly. It is. And it's so much less stress. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you can just, I love the idea, first of all, of putting it on your calendar too, whether that yeah. is even, even weekly or that bigger yes. chunk of time once a month, because that's going to hold you accountable to actually do it because you're going to get that alert that says it's time to do this. Yeah. I have to put things on my calendar. Otherwise they don't get done. You just took the words right out of my mouth. If it's not on my calendar, it's not happening. It's kind of like when my husband and I make a grocery list and we go to the store and then we come home and my husband says, oh, we forgot this. I said, was it on the list? Well, if it's not on the list, it's Exactly. Exactly. I I write my grocery list paper pencil and I take my pen with me and I cross it off as I go. So it's definitely not coming home if it's not on the list. That's right. That's right. 
right. <laughs> just the little things, but they make a big yeah. difference, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. They add up over time, just like all of those little subscriptions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what – if somebody's listening and they really are not tracking finances, they're kind of almost avoiding it maybe. <laughs> yeah. I know that there are people out there who are probably raising their hand right now. Where would you recommend that they start so that they do become more financially literate and they are able to track things in both their personal and their business? Right. You know, there are so many resources out there nowadays to educate yourself about finances from apps, right? Like there's Mint. That's a, a pretty good app. A lot of people like that app. And it's it's more based on personal finances, I would say. It allows you to put in or connect your bank accounts and sort of categorize everything to see how much you're spending every month and what you're spending your money on. So That's you can see like place. how many subscriptions you're signed up for <laughs> that you don't need. <laughs> exactly. Or in my case, uh, how many trips to Starbucks do you make in a week? Right. Yes. <laughs> Those are the kinds of things we don't want to like actually see oh, on paper. Gosh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then you're in disbelief like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but that's a great place to start for personal finances. From a business perspective, I actually have three resources that I recommend to people who are managing their business finances. The first one is a book that I wrote called Mastering QuickBooks. It's actually in its fifth edition, and it's called Mastering QuickBooks 2023 is the latest version. That is like the most budget-friendly resource. Um, it's about 25, 30 bucks on Amazon. And it walks you through the basics of managing your books for your business. It's a step-by-step guide. You can set up your books and learn how to manage them throughout the year with just that resource. So I think it's great if for people who, you know, are very visual, I have a lot of screenshots in there and like to read, that's a great resource. I also recommend the dummies books are fantastic. I love those books. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> They're straightforward, simple, easy to understand. That's one of the things that I do in my book is I use very simple language. I don't use a lot of technical terms that, you know, people who don't have accounting degrees can't understand. So it's definitely written for the small business owner with zero accounting background. I would say the second resource that I usually recommend is I have an online course. So I too have created, like many of your listeners, a product that you can go online. It's called QuickBooks Bootcamp Basic Training. You can access that course 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So it works really great for those who don't have time to consult with me during business hours but they know I want to learn QuickBooks. It's really step-by-step. It's me teaching via video. You can pause the video and do what I've told you to do and then start it up and continue. One of the things that sets my course apart from a lot of courses is you have access to a private community where if you get stuck or you have a question, you post your question in that community and you get a response within 24 hours from myself or a QuickBooks expert on my staff. And so that's a second resource. And it's good for people like me who you learn best by doing. And that's totally my my learning style. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's I can't just sit here and listen to someone talk. I have to do it so that I understand it. 
And then the third resource is just a live coaching session. I meet with business owners every day through a Zoom and I do an initial consultation that's complimentary. Just talk about where they've been in their journey, what they feel is their, I guess, what we call pain points and just being able to get the book set up and running properly. And then I create a custom training plan for them. And so that plan includes however many sessions are needed to get that person up to speed with managing their own books. I focus a lot more on educating the business owner. Even if they have a bookkeeper, you still need to know what that person is doing. And so, of course, the learning plan is going to be different from someone who I have to do the books myself versus someone is I've got someone doing the books, but I don't know what they're doing. But still, you've got to be willing to, you know, take the time to to realize, hey, I need to understand what's happening. It's my business. And just what people end up realizing is one, oh, this isn't as hard as I thought it was, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and two, they feel empowered because now they've got access to all these cool reports that show them, hey, you're making money here, but this product isn't selling that great, which will help you make better decisions, right? Should we keep that product that's not selling? Should we have a sale on that product that's not selling, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. I think that's another, like a second important layer of all of this is not only tracking your finances, but then making informed decisions for next steps that you can take in your business, depending on that data. Well, Crystalyn, thank you so much for all of this. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you were hoping to cover today that we did not talk about? I just want to mention that for your listeners, I actually have, so I know I've mentioned the book and the course and the coaching sessions. So if they go to www.crystallinshelton.com backslash podcast with an S, all of those resources are on that one page. Um, I also have a free download there called, it's a checklist and it's called your first seven days in QuickBooks. And so for those of you who are considering or thinking about QuickBooks, it's a great checklist that coincides with my book to get you going your first week using that software. And so it's free for them to download. Awesome. Great resources. And we will link all of those in the show notes. Now, do you also do QuickBooks setups? Yes, absolutely. I do a lot of QuickBooks setups for people. Like I said, I show them how to use QuickBooks. And then I will, if there's someone who just absolutely doesn't want to do their own bookkeeping, we provide bookkeeping services as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your expertise. This is definitely a gap that you are filling for me because this is not (laughs) something that I can speak to. So I really appreciate your time and everything that you shared with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Podcasting for Educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.